Good evening. Welcome to Refresh Bible Study. I hope you guys are doing great tonight. We had a little short intro there today uh, instead of the regular one. So as you guys come in, I ask that you guys tag and share, please. As you guys come in, please tag and share so we can get started tonight and on time. Uh, glad to get see you guys are here. I'm trying to Bring up comments so I can see them. Need to move this so I can see on the other side. There we go. Now I can see the comments. Hey, Chandra, how are you? Hey, look, Miss H and Jamie, Stephanie. How are you guys doing? Hope you guys are having a great night. If you guys would tag and share, I would appreciate it. I'm going to get started on time. While we are doing that, let's go over a couple of announcements. Like I said, as you guys come in, please tag and share. And I'm not sure what's up with my camera today. Um, I might have to get another one. It looks real blurry to me. But I've cleaned it off and everything. So I'm not sure if it's something with software or what. But I apologize for that. We'll fix it uh, for next week. So let me put up the banner real quick for you guys. So our announcements are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. We'll start with Mindset Monday. Every Monday uh, at noon, Pastor Shun on her personal Facebook page, Shun Strickland does Mindset Monday. On Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we have corporate prayer. Then on Wednesdays at 8 p.m., we have refreshed Bible study. And then on Sunday morning at 9.30, we have uh, worship with Pastor Chris in Elder Valley uh, on her professional Facebook page, which is Kristen Valley Worship. Worship. So if you haven't liked and followed those pages, please do so. Um, both our FOC page as well as our uh, as well as our Kristen's professional page and Pastor Shun's professional page. All right. What's up, Erica? How are you? What's up, Say it? Hey, Mama saying. I can't see hearts or anything like that on StreamYard. So, uh, so, but I appreciate the hearts and everything like that. So let's get started tonight. Uh, tonight, we're going to continue with the series, uh, Don't Grow Weary. Now, uh, I, I have to put a caveat in here. If you haven't gone and downloaded the uh, the Word of God that Pastor Edwin shared on Sunday. If you haven't uh, listened to the message from Sunday, it's on our website, uh, it's on I iTunes, it's on Google Podcasts, it's on Spotify. Go listen to the Word from Sunday. Go listen to what the Lord has to say about our lives for the next 14 months, about how the year of great harvest is not, it's not ending. It's still our season to harvest. And that no matter what we may observe with our eyes or our ears or what the economy says, heaven will not be caught by surprise and heaven already has our solutions, praise God. So go get the, uh, go get the word of God, read through it every day. Read, read through it before every meal. I mean, take that thing like you, every time you got a snack, read read it before you eat your snack, you know. But every day, make sure that you're reading what it says so that you can keep the vision before you. Because I, that was the number one thing last week we talked about was in order to not grow weary, 
we have to maintain vision. We have to know what we're seeking out after. And that vision has to be detailed enough that we're able to maintain the race for it. And we talked about how we go on vacation and in our mind, we already see ourselves there. We're in our mind. We already smell, smell the salt water from the beach. We feel the sand between our toes. In our minds, those things are already done. And because that image in our mind is so strong, then it gives us the energy to keep pursuing until we are walking in a manifestation of the image that we have painted in our mind. And so that was the first thing in order to not grow weary, we must make sure that we are keeping the vision before our eyes. But tonight I want to talk about the, num the second thing that we need to do in order to not grow weary. And that thing is to know your purpose. Go ahead and uh, hashtag that. Say, I know my purpose. I know my purpose. Well, let us pray uh, before we get started. Father God, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for deliverance and we thank you for freedom. We thank you that right now, God, that you are the God that heals. You are the God that protects. You are the God that um, that that quenches every fiery dart of the enemy, Father. We thank you, that God, that people's minds are at ease, God. There is no anxiety. There is no fear because we know that our God protects us. We know that even though things may be happening around us, God, that they will not come nigh our dwelling. We thank you that right now in the name of Jesus that you have raised up a standard against every attack of the enemy. And we declare that we walk in the peace that only God can uh, provide. We thank you that we're whole and that we're healthy. And we thank you that no virus, no sickness, no economy or anything like that ever catches you off guard, Father. And we thank you that you already provided a solution for everything that we'll ever need and that we keep our eyes on you and that our confidence is in you and that we cast all of our cares on you in exchange for your peace and your joy. We thank you that we're whole, we're complete, and there's nothing missing or broken in our lives. And as we sit down and that we hear the word tonight, we pray that it fall on good ground so that we may bring forth fruit that will be pleasing to your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I know my purpose. All right. So, so imagine this, guys. So imagine you're at home and you begin to you you got out two slices of bread, you got out some cheese, you know, you got out the butter, and I mean, you lathered up your bread with the butter and everything. But then you begin to use your iron in order to make a grilled cheese sandwich. A lot of us would be like, "Huh? Why would you do that? Uh, why would you use an iron to make a grilled cheese?" Would the iron produce heat? It would. Would it probably produce, be able to make a grilled cheese sandwich? It probably could. But is that the purpose for that object? Absolutely not. And so, so many, and, and so many times we are living life using things for think for. We're living life outside of our purpose. We're getting things done, but it's not what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're making it look a certain way, but it's not what God has called us to do. And so tonight we're going to talk about how not walking in your purpose causes you to experience inefficiency. Walking in your Not walking in your purpose causes you to be ineffective and not walking in your purpose causes you to be inferior. And so just like it sounds crazy 
to iron your grilled cheese when all you need is a pan and a spatula because why? A pan and a spatula has a purpose for that. And when you begin to walk in your purpose, life becomes easy. But when you're doing things that's outside of your purpose, life is difficult. And so tonight we're going to take a look at knowing your purpose and how that's going to help you not to grow weary because it's hard work to take something outside of its purpose and then to repurpose it. A lot of us may use butter knives to try to unscrew uh, uh, screws and things like that. And it may get the job done, but it's not as efficient as the tool that's purpose for getting that thing done. And so for a lot of us, we grow weary because we're out here living lives outside of the purpose of God. And though they're okay lives, they're inefficient they are ineffective and they're inferior because it's not the life that God wants us to live. What do you mean, Ralph, when I say inefficient? I mean that you're not maximizing the productivity, right? You're failing to make the best use of your time and your resources. So when we are operating outside of the will of God, when we are operating in our own flesh, when we're operating outside of our purpose, we become inefficient. We can't produce the maximum. What's the maximum? When God says, I came that you may have life and that life more abundantly. So you may be getting by, you may be making it, you may be living an okay life, but it's not the maximum abundance. You're not at the apex of what God desires for us. And when we choose to walk outside of pop, our purpose, then we become inefficient. We also become ineffective. And, well, let me go back to inefficient real quick. We fail to make the best use of resources. So think about this. God blesses you with something. And, and when he blesses you with it, it is a resource. Your job is a resource, right? Uh, your savings account is a resource. The multiple streams of income, they are resources. But when you don't walk in purpose, you fail to use your resources appropriately. So you're out spending money that God told you to sow. You're out eating when God told you to save. You're out doing things that are opposite of the purpose for which God has told you to use it. So when I'm not in my purpose, I become inefficient at utilizing the resources that God has given me. I can maximize those. And we'll talk about later how that impacts your life and that it, it cripples you in having the ability to grow and to have more in God. Because at the end of the day, we are all managers. That's what God has called us to be. We've been called to be managers, and we'll get to that. But the second thing it does when we're not in purpose, we're ineffective. What does that mean? We're not producing any significant or desired effect. So you're not impacting the kingdom when you're not walking in purpose. And lastly, you have feelings of inferiority, your lower in rank status of quality. It isn't God that makes you feel inferior. It's when man walks outside of his purpose, he feels inferior because there's a lack of fulfillment. That on, and that fulfillment can only be accomplished when we are doing the things that God desires for us to do. And so when I do what God desires for me to do, it has gives me the ability to feel fulfilled. All right. So how do we get to know our, our purpose? How how does how do you know the purpose of a thing? Right. So a lot of us, I mean, not me, but a lot of people are Black Friday shopping. Right. They're buying toys. They're buying TVs. They're buying technology. They're doing all of these things. And so how do you know the purpose for it? How do you know the best way to use it? You read the instruction manual. And so for a lot of us, we if we take the time to read the instruction manual, we come to find out 
a lot of times are, man, I didn't know my phone would do this. Man, I didn't know my car had this capability. Man, I didn't know I can have a picture inside of a picture. Man, this is great. Man, you read the instructions of your life insurance policy. I didn't know that if I lost the key to my car, that I don't have to pay the $400 for it, that my insurance will pay for it. Why? Because when you understand the purpose of something, you're able to maximize it and it will produce the best possible uh, results and take the benefit of the resources in which it has. And so that's why we got to make sure that we know our purpose, because when I know my purpose, I become efficient. When I know my purpose, I become effective. When I know my purpose, I become fulfilled and I won't grow weary and well-doing because I know that I will be accomplishing that which God has called me to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That walking walking outside your purpose make you feel like a failure at every turn. All right. So, so just like products and stores come with instructions, when God created us, he created us with instructions. We know the instructions are the word of God, but let's go to Genesis 1 and 28 real quick and let's talk about what the purpose is. It says in Genesis 1 and 28, further, God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and become many, or be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, subdue it, and have in subjection the fish of the sea and the flying creatures of the heavens and every living creature that is moving on the earth, right? So number one, we're talking about what is our purpose. Number one, because there are, let me say this, there are specific things that God has called you to do. God has called April to be a nurse. And I, I thank God for all the nurses out there. But I'm an educator. April, when we talk about our jobs, we like, ain't no way I could do what you do. And, and, and April's like vice versa. Why? Because God will grace you and give you the purpose to do things individually within your calling. But God also has given everybody a purpose, right? He's given everybody something to do. And that's what we're talking about tonight. He says, be fruitful and multiply. In other words, God said, I want you, Chandra, I want you, Leslie, I want you, Erica, say it. I want you to make things grow and flourish and multiply. So what is our purpose? Number one, we are to make things grow, flourish, and multiply. The second thing he told them to do is replenish or fill the earth. And I had to look this up so I'm like, all right, what does that mean? Replenish, fill the earth. So when I looked it up, it's like, it's your job to ensure that the earth is fully stocked, that people are provided for, and there's always a supply, right? So so that's what he's told Adam. He's like, Adam, I need you to make everything grow and I need you to make everything flourish. And I need this, this multiplication to keep happening. I need you to make this thing expand. It's not just about the garden of Eden, Adam. I need you to multiply this till it takes up all the earth. And then doing that, I need you to fill the earth. I need you to make sure the earth is fully stocked, that people are provided for and that people are supplied right? That's what I need you to do. And then the third thing he says, I need you to be the master or, or the caretaker of all of that. And so that was our purpose. That was the original purpose given to us by God for us to walk out. And then in Exodus 9 and 16, it says, but for this purpose, I have raised you up 
all right, to show you my power so that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. So that's another thing. So I'm going to be fruitful. I'm going to multiply. I'm going to fill the earth. I'm going to make sure that if I see the sick, I lay hands on them, right? Why? What am I going to provide? I don't want to provide healing. I'm going to supply them with restoration. What am I going to do? I'm going to make sure that they're fully stocked the way that God created them, the way they are uh already complete in heaven. So that's my job. I'm going to make sure they grow and that they're flourishing. I'm going to make sure that they're multiplying, right? I'm going to subdue and I'm going to master the things in this earth and I'm going to care for it. And then I'm going to do that so that the name of God may be proclaimed in all of the earth. That's my purpose. That's my marching orders from God. And then, of course, we know Jeremiah 29 and 11, and, and we also go to Isaiah 42, right? But what we got to know is this. Your purpose is what gives you definition. Man, our heat must be on. Just a second. Let me adjust that. It's hot. Our purpose defines us. It is the thing that secures you and it completes you. And when you don't know your purpose, then you walk around life aimlessly. You're insecure and you're incomplete. Sorry about that, guys. And you're incomplete. So but your purpose defines you. It completes you. It secures you. But before we get into that too much, let's talk about what a lack of purpose does. So number one, again, is to be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, right? Be a caretaker of the earth and to show my power in the earth so that men may know my name and it will be proclaimed over all the earth, all right? So that's what he's called us to do, right? And the uh, and so let's read Isaiah 42. I can't skip that. It says, behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. What's your, pur what's your purpose? You are to bring justice to the nations. He will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. So what's my purpose? I'm talking about five things tonight to share purpose. All right. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish, fill the earth, subdue it. Show the power of God so his name may be proclaimed over all the earth and bring forth justice. It says, as I continue reading, he will not grow faint or be discouraged till he established justice in the earth and the coastlines wait for his law. Thus says God, the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. So behold, whom I have upheld, my chosen, and whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. So the purpose of the anointing is to give you the ability to fulfill the purpose in which God has called us to feel. When God breathed into Adam, he breathed his anointing into Adam, giving Adam the ability to fulfill his purpose so that the earth could be multiplied, so that the earth could be uh fruitful so that he could fully stock, provide for, and ensure that the earth was supplied and that the Garden of Eden would expand across the entire kingdom of, I mean, the entire earth, making the kingdom of heaven, earth a replica of the kingdom of heaven. That's the purpose of the anointing, right? So, but here's the thing. I want to talk about indications 
how you know that you may not be walking according to God's purpose, right? So let's identify where we are, where we're located, so that we can find out where we're going. All right, because if you want to go to Little Rock, that's great, right? If me and the guys, we all want to go somewhere, we can all say that we're going to uh, Florida. But if we don't locate where we are right now, it's hard to get to the destination. So let's do some locating. Number one indication that you may not know God's purpose for your life, you blatantly sin. You just do what you want. Now, what's sin? I'm not going to name them everything. Sin is to miss the mark. It's whatever God told you to or not to do, and you did the opposite. That's sin. So sin could be, hey, God said, wear the red shirt today. You wore the green. That's sin. Sin could be, God said, don't fornicate, and you did. That's sin, right? Sin could be, God said to fast and you chose not to fast. That's sin. So we're not going to get up. We're not going to get caught up tonight about which sin or whatever. Anytime you miss the mark, anytime you disobey God, anytime you fail to heed to what he has told you, that is sin. And that is an indication when you blatantly sin without remorse, without repentance, without anything, that you are not walking according to purpose. Number two, you lack joy and excitement, right? Uh, Purpose creates excitement. When you're when you're on purpose, you, you you're excited. It brings joy. It gives you passion. You awake with a desire to achieve something. Why? Right? When you're on purpose, and we know that because purpose brings fulfillment. Fulfillment is what God desires for us to have. But when I lack joy, when I lack excitement, when I just wake up dreading the day, it is an indication that I'm not living on purpose. I'm not living for the purpose for which I was created. I'm that iron trying to make a grilled cheese. I'm making something work, but it's not the best way. I'm, I'm inefficient, right? I am ineffective and I'm, I have feelings of inferiority because I'm never fulfilled. I'm never, I'm never passionate about anything. All right. So number three, you don't feel much fulfillment in life uh, is an indication that you are not walking according to purpose. And we kind of talked about that. Fulfillment is the result of rewarding, meaningful, and purposeful actions and endeavors. Fulfillment is the result of rewarding, meaningful, and purposeful actions and endeavors. So you're not going to feel fulfilled unless you're walking out the purpose for which God has for your life. Right. So that it's just not possible. There is a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. So I can have a way that seems like the way that it should be, but it's not going to make me fulfilled. It's not going to bring be rewarding. It's not going to be meaningful. That's why some people are making more money than they ever made. They got more money saved than they ever had saved up. They got all these things going for themselves, but they lack fulfillment. They lack reward. They lack uh, joy, they lack meaningful meaningfulness because they're not doing what the Lord has called them to do. They're not replenishing. They're not fulfilling. I mean, they're not uh, being fruitful. They're not multiplying. They're not showing his power in the earth, right? And they're not bringing justice to the nations. And so when we are not doing those things, it doesn't matter the amount of money. It doesn't matter how many people you got. It doesn't matter the size of your house, the car you drive. You're going to still feel unfulfilled and you're going to grow weary because you are trying to do it all out of yourself instead of uh, doing what God has called you to do. So that was a third indication that you may not know God's purpose for your life, right? So Number four, 
Oh, going with number three. Let me say this. Everything may not be exciting every day, but you wade through the mundane on your way to conquering your dreams when you understand purpose. It may not be every day that uh, I feel like reading my Bible. It may not be every day I feel like fasting or feel like praying or I felt like going to school to get that extra degree and then that extra, extra degree. Uh, and then I look today about a doctor's, but I ain't doing that. Uh, not uh, unless the Lord say, say I got to do it. I ain't doing that. But you may not feel like doing those things, but those mundane, boring things don't, you see the the impact of them. You see the, the rationale for them because you, at the end of the day, you know your purpose. But when you don't know your purpose, anything that's mundane, anything that's boring, you, you just quit on it because you don't see that it's going to help you accomplish your purpose. So you just quit, right? It's like, why do this, right? Because you just move and on all the time, which brings us to point number four. When you don't understand your purpose, you do too much or you do too little. Too much in a sense, you always seek activities in an effort to be fulfilled. You're always seeking activities in an effort to be fulfilled. You got new jobs, you got new men, you got new women, you got new houses, you got new apartments, you're moving to new cities. It's always about something new, 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 because you're seeking something that only God can give you through walking out your purpose. And, and let me make it easy for you. Let me sum up the whole message for, for don't grow weary. You won't grow weary when you obey God. Clarissa summed up the whole thing. You don't grow weary when you obey God. You don't get you don't grow weary in obedience. You don't grow weary when you faint. I mean, when you uh, choose to faint not and you stagger not at the premises. You don't grow weary when you keep your eye on the vision. You don't grow weary when you know your purpose, right? So too much, right? This increased effort does not produce fulfillment. So you out here with new jobs, you on the board for this, you on the board for that. You, you, you're helping big brothers, you're helping little sisters. You're helping the single parents and you're helping the, the homeless. You're helping the sick and shed in and you're volunteering at the hospital, right? You're doing all of this stuff and still none of it matters because you're still unfulfilled because you're not obeying God and walking out the thing that he called you to do. You gotta fulfill purpose and no amount of sacrifice takes the place of the thing that God told you to do in the earth. All right. No amount of sacrifice takes the place. No amount of giving, no amount of fasting, no amount of any it don't, church attendance doesn't take the place of obeying God. Only God's purpose for your life brings fulfillment that is real and lasting. Right. So when you marry that man, I don't care if he's shorter than you. Right. I mean, how? I mean, I get it. I get it. God, this is what I desire in a man. God, this is what I desire in a woman. Woo, God, this is what I want right here. You know I like long, natural hair. You know I like pretty chocolate skin. You know I like, like, no, don't give me no skinny woman. I like somebody with some good meat on it. God, you know what I like, right? And then God say, hey, this is the one you, you need to marry. And then you're like, well, God, they don't check all the lists. So are you going to obey you or are you going to obey God? What purpose are you going to walk after, right? Because 
you're going to entertain something that's not go- that may be fulfilling on your checklist, right? It may be fulfilling to your flesh. It may be fulfilling to your senses, but it's going to be unfulfilling. It's going to be temporary and it's going to fade out, wither up and die because it's not the thing that God has called you to. That job may not be it. That person may not be it. <laughs> that's that's <a> thick. <laughs> Uh, that may not be it, right? But when you walk out your purpose, then that's it. And we can't get to the point. And I got to speed up so I can get to the, and so that it makes a little more sense when I talk about management. But we got to understand that our feelings, our will, our emotions, and our plans are nothing. God owns everything. We own nothing. And so when, and then the kingdom of God, he owns everything, right? And so as a manager of my own body, as a manager of my own, I mean, God owns it all. And so I got, I got to choose how I'm going to operate in this whole thing. Because if I try to become, you, we were never designed to be owners in the sense of how things are ran in the earth. We were designed to be managers, right? And so when you are a manager, you understand that I got to do what the owner says do. So if the owner says that this is the one because my life is not my own, then this is the one. I don't get to decide for the company what's best. See, y'all get that on the job. You just don't want to get it in the kingdom. The body of Christ don't have an issue with obedience. They got an issue. Uh, I mean, the body of Christ doesn't it's not that we don't understand obedience. We just don't, we just like disobedience. We just, because you're on your job, if your boss got, go ahead and type this, say God is boss. God is boss. God is my boss. And when you understand that, I don't go on my job. I'm a manager, right? Uh, my title is director of operations for the company I work for. I oversee uh, over a hundred some people throughout the state, right? Uh, and, and, and if, and it's been times my director has asked me to do something and I'll be honest with you. I totally disagree with, right. I I thought it was crazy. And I've even talked to him about it later about, about things. Right. But you know what I did? I did it. You know why I did it? Cause I like getting that check every week. I, I, I like how they pay me. I, I like the freedom that this job brings. And because I like those things, even though I didn't agree with what my boss asked me to do, I did it because it was, number one, I didn't own the company. Number two, I want to maintain the resources which the company was providing me with. And see, the problem is, it's kind of like what mom said that Caleb talked about. Uh, and I'm glad it's not like that all the time. In the Old Testament, if you did something wrong, you got some immediate consequences, right? But now we're living in a time where we don't always see the impact of the decisions we make in a way that will cause us to dramatically change the way we live, right? A lot of us don't stick our hands on the on a stove that's hot because we have experience, whether through personal or other people, that doing so will burn me. It's instant, right? But when you choose not to obey the boss, like if the boss say, hey, submit this report and you don't submit it, right? You may not get caught this time. But then after you submit, not submit this report, you not submit that report. Before you know it, your boss like, whoa, I got all these reports not submitted. Now you lose something. 
all because you didn't listen. Now you lose your job. But in the kingdom, when God is boss, it doesn't matter. But because we don't see the benefits of obeying God in our way immediately, we don't. We hate this time factor when it talks about growth. Growth requires time. Growth is steady. We want God to grow us grows up immediately where God is trying to uh, establish stability. He's trying to establish foundation. What you're wanting to do is to grow up tomorrow and be able to bear the weight of all his goodness when you're not even stable enough to manage what he has already given you already, right? So let's keep going. Number, uh, let's talk number four, you do too much or you do too little. You work so that you don't have to work. A lot of people, you feel the work you do is pointless. You go through the motions. You escape with television, social media, and other activities. You always look forward to the weekend. Why? Because you're doing something that ain't purposeful. When you're doing something that's purposeful, Monday feels like Friday. Tuesday feels like Saturday. Right? You don't care what the day of the week is because you're operating in purpose. Every day feels good. But when you don't walk out purpose, once again, we're talking about indicators that I'm not walking out purpose. You you feel the you, it's pointless. It's pointless to you. Number five, you feel stuck. You won't change, but you feel stuck. You want to go in a particular direction, but you don't know how to get there. Your spit, your wheels are just spinning. You feel frustrated and you don't know how to make it in. Right. That's an indication that you don't know the purpose for your life. That's an indication that you haven't sought, that you're not walking according to what God has called you to walk out. Because when you walk out the things that God wants you to walk out, it brings liberty, it brings freedom, it brings joy, and it brings a manifestation of all the fruit of the spirit into your life. And then lastly, number six, an indication that you're not walking according to purpose is that you have no direction. You wonder aimlessly. Right, you like the children of Israel out there. They should have took them a few days, forty days. It took them forty years. Why? Because they they got they got they got so caught up in complaining. You get so caught up in complaining, it takes your eyes off God. You can't be complaining and focused on a God at the same time. Why? Because you understand if. I'm focused on God. Heaven already has a solution. So why am I complaining anyway? The fact that I'm complaining is the fact that I'm outside of thinking the way that heaven thinks. You didn't hear God ever complain. Even Jesus, when he asked about taking a cup from him, he said, well, whatever your will be, Father, that's what I'm going to do. Because there's no need to complain. A constant uh, constant complaining is indication that you're not looking at God, but you're looking at the circumstances. And so if you're always catching yourself complaining, if you're always catching yourself uh, bickering, if you're always catching yourself fussing about something or woe is not right, once again, that means you're outside the purpose for which God has called you to do. All right. And without understanding purpose, you do not fulfill your role as, role as a manager. All right. And so this is going to be the meat of what we talk about these last uh, 25 minutes. We have to believe that God the creator God had purpose, has purpose for us. He desires for us to be fruitful and multiply. He desires for us to fill the earth. He desires for us to subdue the earth. He desires for us to show his name great in this earth so that men may know his power. And he desires us to bring justice to the nations, right? And we can't walk away from that purpose. And 
And so the problem is that we try to do these things under our own strength. That's when you grow weary. That's when you get exhausted. That's when you faint. That's when you stagger. When you try to achieve godly endeavors under human strength. You're not designed to carry that weight. You're not designed to figure it out. You're not designed to do that, all right? And so you begin to get anxious. You begin to get frustrated, even in ministry, guys. I mean, even, even pastors and, and, and praise leaders and whoever else serve in ministry, all right? You could be in ministry and still be burnt out because you, you, you're doing things that's not your purpose. You're stepping outside the things that God has called you to do. And here's the thing about purpose. As long as you compare your purpose and what you should be doing to what uh, other people will be doing, then you're going to always experience disaster. Let me give you a real good example, right? Uh, let me think here. Let me, uh, yeah, here's, here's one I got. So imagine, imagine, all right, you was in your tub and you got your Epsom salt. Epsom salt has a purpose, right? So you got your Epsom salt and you put it in your tub because it's going to help relieve body aches, blah, blah, blah. You may get the one that has lavender, help you sleep, all those things, right? But let's say, uh, uh, let's say that your Epsom salt was so looking at Clorox and Epsom salt was so caught, caught up in how Clorox was living her life. Clorox over there making all the clothes white. Clorox over there cleaning things. And Epsom salt said, you know what? I don't like the purpose of my life. I don't like what God has called me to do. So I'm going to look at Clorox and become Clorox. And so now in your bathtub, right, instead of Epsom salt, you now have Clorox. You got bleach. You got chemicals. And over time, imagine how that destroys your body. That's what happens when we begin to try to copycat other people's purpose. I, there's millions of pastors across the earth, but it's only one raft. I mean, and, for, and, and so I got to know my purpose. But when you don't live according to your purpose, in that example, with Clorox, it's going to destroy you. It's going to cause you to quit. It's going to cause you to cave in. It's going to cause sicknesses. It's going to cause ailments in your body. It's going to cause issues in your marriage and your relationships with your kids and even other people. Why? Because if I, if, if Epsom salt, which was there to benefit me, man, after I worked out, I mean, that Epsom salt always, I mean, I love a good hot Epsom salt bath, right? Just relax, chill out. But if Epsom salt wanted to always be looking at Clorox, and that's what it became, then when it's living outside of its purpose, not only is it, does it take it out of purpose, but it begins to destroy the things around it. So yeah, I love it, Dad. Everything, everything God made enjoys its purpose except mankind. Right. So so that's that. So, so purpose is only fulfilled by following the instructions of the creator. Right. And when you follow the instructions of the creator, then everything works out to your benefit. So let's now talk about this management. OK. Obedience. Go ahead and type this. Say my obedience aligns me with God's purpose for my life. My obedience aligns me with God's purpose for my life. My obedience aligns me with God's purpose for my life. It puts me in the path of God's finished works when I obey God. So we got to remember a couple things. This is what we got to remember. God is in control of operations and we are managers of that operation. God is in control of the operation. 
and we are managers of that operation. As an effective manager, I got to look to God every day for instruction. As an effective manager, I got to look to God every day for an instruction because a lot of times we grow weary because we want to be owners in places that we've been called to be managers. We want to be owners in the place that we're called to be managers. You ain't ca- you ain't been called to own anything. God owns everything. I own nothing. But when you want to be the owner of your own life, that means you got to use your own resources. That means you got to use your own intelligence. That means you got to use your, think about it. The company I work for, they gave me a computer. They gave me a phone. They gave me all the resources I needed as a manager to fulfill the vision of the company. God The kingdom of heaven is a company. God is the CEO. He is the owner, the founder, and the creator of the company. And what he has done is called called us to be managers of the company. And he says, look, I'm I'm going to stay over here as a CEO in heaven, but I'm going to put you in earth and I want you to manage that earth because this is the purpose I have for your life. I'm going to give you all the tools you need as a manager to produce the vision that I have for you in this earth. So I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to live on the inside of you to teach you that the way I think. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost to live on side of you to cause my love to be shared abroad in your heart so that you know that you can trust me. I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost so that he can teach you what my word says so that you can understand the way I think, the way I do, the way I speak. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit so that he can help constrain and bring men to me. And I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit so that you can walk in the same power that I walked in in when I came to the earth in the form of Jesus. You got that same power. Why? Because no owner of the company ever sends his managers out without the tools they need to fulfill the vision in which they've been called to walk out. But the problem with a manager is this. If I think I own the company, then I then have to become the one that supplies the resources. And baby, you don't got no resources big enough to do what the kingdom has you to do. Just don't. All right. So we got to look to God for daily instruction. We only take as an effective manager, you only take orders from the creator or those who he assigned over you. As a good manager, I ain't out. I mean, Pastor Edwin's in education, right? But I ain't out calling his boss or talking to Pastor Edwin about how my company should run, right? Each company, all right, we all got to go. And this makes sense to you. Pastor Edwin works for education company. A couple other people work for educational companies. We all have a goal to educate people. That's coming. Be fruitful, supply, subdue, fill the earth, show my power, right? And bring justice to nations. We all got a purpose. But even in our purpose, it becomes individual drilled down to the person when Pastor Edwin is uh, making sure or or what he was doing or is doing, I'm not sure, uh, uh, selling material to school districts. All right. And then what I am doing, I'm taking a group of kids that that educators find very difficult to be in their classroom and I'm educating them. Right. And so drill down, even though we're all educating, at the end of the day, our purpose becomes very uh, detailed when we begin to see God about what we should do. 
And that's why I can't be out here looking for what somebody else is doing because I'll grow weary because in a trying to obtain the purpose of somebody else, I'm not equipped with the resources to do that. What am I saying? You got grace for everything, right? So I got a grace to work with the kids that nobody else wants to work with in their school districts. I got grace to work with kids that are considered criminals and juvenile delinquents. I got a grace for that. What other people may not have a grace for, but when you walk according to your purpose, there is grace and there is provision to fulfill that purpose because no owner sends you out to fulfill the vision without giving you the resources you need. But if you're trying to cop somebody else's purpose, then you can't use your skills to fulfill the purpose for somebody else because you don't got the resources that their supplier gave them to do the purpose that they've been called to do. All right. So in dad's words, we share a macro goal, but have different micro goals. That's good. Macro meaning large, micro meaning being uh, much more minute, much more small. All right. So let's keep talking about management. Management is at the heart of what God has instructed for us to do. Our purpose is to manage, manage what God has provided. And when I provide it, and when I say manage, I mean, CEOs are managers, right? So don't get caught up in a title like, well, man, I'm not just a manager, blah, blah. Don't, I ain't talk about that. It, CEOs are managers of the company. The, the board of directors, they are managers of the company, right? So no matter how high the title in the earth, we have been called to be managers. God had created all the earth. He created the trees, the plants, and everything. However, he did not cause the water to come up out the ground and produce growth until he had a manager to care for the increase. Think about that. Everything had been made. Everything was, uh, was there, but growth wasn't taking place until what? It was a manager. See, the problem with some of us, we ain't seeing growth because we ain't managing nothing. God is not going to cause growth where there's nobody there to manage. Now, that's later on in the notes, but I'm going to go ahead and stick it in right now because you can't ask God for X and for Y and for Z when you ain't managed A. It just doesn't work like that. You got to be a good manager of A. You got to be an effective manager of B. You got to show good stewardship over C, D, E, F, and G. And then now you'll be ready for H. But we don't want to talk about growth and, and, and fulfilling purpose. We don't. We want everything to just, just happen. I remember the first time I came to this church. I remember the first time I came to this church, I just came. I came, I sat, and I listened. And I was like, man, God has called me here. So you know what I did? Then nobody, act. I came, we had cookies out the church. So you know what I did? I just cleaned up out the church. Then we moved. And when we moved, we had to move stuff. So I just said, you know what? I have moved chairs and I would do this. So every time I found myself just being a manager over the little, and then before I knew it, I was setting up chairs. And Pastor Evan, if y'all don't know, there's a big thing, trusted me to set up chairs uh, without him. Man, that was big. So so then you move from there. And I, I, I think I did youth ministry. And I did that for a little while. And then I may uh, taught Bible study uh, once or twice. And then before you know it, but what happened is over time, I managed what Pastor Edwin gave me to manage. I didn't rush the process. I did, And now Hey, I get to teach Wednesdays. I could teach on Sundays if he needs me to. I could do whatever. And he trusts me. Why? Because I've shown myself to be manager over A, which was sweeping up them cookies with a good attitude. And so, so many times we don't want to manage what we're given. So that's what we stuck with. 
I'm going to say that one more time. You don't want to manage what you're given. So that's what you get stuck with. Why? Because you don't manage what you're given, then your growth can't take place because God is not going to grow something and bring increase in an area in which there's not a manager to take care of because God is not wasteful. Because if God was going to grow it up and bring increase and there was no one, nobody there to manage it, then that would make God a wasteful God and God's not wasteful. All right. Let me keep reading because I got scriptures to go to that in my notes. But you got to manage what you've been given. God owns everything. We own what? Nothing. We are simply managers of our bodies. We're managers of our money. We're managers of our time. We're managers of our resources. In the kingdom, no one owns anything except God. And when we truly realize this, our purpose becomes abundantly clear. I manage what God has given me effectively. I effectively manage what God has given me. This also helps to reduce stress and anxiety. Knowing that I am a manager takes away the need to try to generate things. When I understand, and let me finish reading because this this will help some of us. God generates, I manage. God generates, I manage. Now, my management may look like applying for the job. My management may look like going to an interview. My management may look like passing a drug test. My management may look like all those things, but it is God that generates the job. It is when we step outside of purpose and we try to become owners of our own life that we bring anxiety and fear and recklessness into our lives because we try to own things. And when you're the owner, you also got to be the generator. But we have never been called to be generators. We haven't been called to create something from nothing. God is the person that does that. And so what we do, we manage ourselves by going to God in faith in an expectation that the creator would generate what we need to have according to the purpose that he has given us. So if God said, Ralph, this is a year for a house. If God said, Ralph, this is your, this is healing. This is your healing. If God says, Ralph, this is, this is what belongs to you. Then I don't have to be concerned about generating the thing. That's the God's job because he owns everything. What I got to be responsible for is managing me and being obeying, obedient to God to produce what he says. Okay, God, This is the year for the house. Okay, I got you, God. What am I supposed to do? Why? Because our man of God tells us that we can expect what we can expect when we're in faith. We can expect the plan of action, right? We can expect wisdom, right? We can expect a miracle. We can expect strength to endure to change comes, all right? We can expect all those things when we're in faith. So God, what, what do I need to go apply, God? I'm managing me. I'm not stepping out on myself. I'm saying, God, I know you're going to generate the house. That is not a concern. You are a great CEO. You have never had a business that failed. So I'm not so I'm not concerned about the house, God, but what do you want me to manage in the form of applying for the house? What do you want me to manage in the form of where we live? What do you want me to manage in the form form of what do I sow in agreement with that, God? So that's what I'm managing. Because it's is I feel anxious when I begin to think about how the house is going to be paid for or how much it's going to cost uh, in a mortgage or all the things that's required to do it. You begin to feel anxious because you'll feel like it's your job to bring it to pass. I am not the owner of that. I am not the generator of the manifestation. I'm the manager in which God owns and I do what he tells me to do. So God generates, I manage. When we truly... uh, 
When we try to take ownership instead of being faithful manager, we put ourselves in category of God. However, we do not own anything but expect ourselves to produce something from nothing, and this will always fail. Another thing about management is that it takes time. We want God to entrust us with everything tomorrow after being saved today. That's not how it works. He reveals to us our purpose and what we get to be managers over increases as we show ourselves faithful. What we get to be met. I'm sorry. What we get to be managers over increase as we show ourselves faithful, as we show ourselves faithful. So as I began to show myself, that's what happens on your job. You didn't, None of y'all got no job and got promoted because you weren't doing nothing, because you were sitting there, because you weren't managing. Man, if you weren't managing that broom, if you weren't managing that cash, re- cash register at Walmart, they didn't ask you to be, what is it, the CSM uh, or whatever that is. It, it, they didn't ask you to do that. Why? Because if you can't check people out or you can't count the change back to nobody or your drawer always empty and you ain't managing that, why are they going to ask you to be a manager over all the uh, cashiers? It's not going to happen. And so, so many times we, we, we grow weary because in our own disobedience to God, we lack the effectiveness to manage what God has given us, with, but we still expect for God to give us more. But that's just not how it works in the kingdom. You're not going to get more having never managed what you've been provided. But God being faithful and God being good will always give us continuous opportunities to grow up. Another thing about managing is that, um, so don't be afraid of growth. Managing millions takes place after you have proven to be a good manager of a thousand. Managing and. And I didn't put it in my notes and I have to look at where it is. But, you know, the, the steward of the talents, when 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 the uh, when when the uh, owner went away, he gave them talents and he gave each person uh, the same amount. And when he came back, uh, it was three of them. He came back. Somebody had, I think, got 10 times more. Somebody had hid theirs and gave them the same thing. And somebody had gave uh, had been given uh, one and they had increased it just a little. Um and the Bible says that he took from the one that didn't do anything from it and gave it to the one that was, in other words, an effective manager. Because what God is always looking to do is to multiply. What is God is always looking to do is to replenish. Now, here's the thing I tell you. That person that didn't do it the first time, God is not a God that won't give you another chance. He has always given us opportunities to show ourselves as effective managers over the tithe, to show ourselves as effective managers of our time, to show ourselves as effective managers of our body by abstaining from 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 whether that's sex outside of marriage, whether that's drug, whether that's watching stuff inappropriately, or whether that's uh, uh, being an emotional attached relationships that you shouldn't be in. God is, I mean, you got an opportunity to manage it, right? And when you manage that thing effectively, then growth and increase, it has the ability to take place. But a lot of times we grow impatient with God because we are so obsessed with speed. You can't be so obsessed with speed and time that you uh, get frustrated with God because what God is trying to do in your life is establish strength, what God is trying to do in your life is establish stability. What God is trying to do in your life is establish a foundation on which things can grow. But if you won't take the time to hear God and to be purposeful, then you will grow weary because you're not designed to take the weight of the thing that God wants to put on your life. And so that's 
that's why you grow weary because you just step outside of purpose. Uh, in Proverbs 16 and 9, it says it's like this. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. So in our heart, we, I mean, you plan, we plan this course, but at the end of the day, the Lord establishes my steps. So in my heart, I may want to go to Florida, right? But the Lord establishes my steps and he says, stay your tail at the house. In my heart, <laughs> I may want to be with my family on Thanksgiving, but the Lord says, stay at the house with your family. So guess what I do? I stay at the house with my family. Why? Because it's the Lord that establishes my steps and I got to make sure that I am being obedient in the things that God has called me to be obedient in. All right, last thing. He isn't going to trust you with more than you can manage. And, and growth, there will be no growth where there is no management. There will be no growth where there is no management. Proverbs 17 and 16 says this. Why does property go to a fool when he has no heart to possess wisdom? Why does property go to a fool when he has no heart to possess wisdom. In other words, why will I continue to increase somebody? Why will I continue to see that they grow when there is nothing in them that possesses wisdom or possesses the, the, the management skills I need to follow after me? So you're not going to uh, have things and and be the and, and to grow in things and to increase and this is not going to be your year of great harvest if you don't become an effective manager by knowing the purpose which God has called you to do. So here's the thing, and, and it's all about obedience. If God says sow the seed, you sow the seed. If God says don't date the guy, you don't date the guy or the girl. If God says you take this job, even though you don't understand why, you take this job. Why? Because it isn't about our own fulfillment. It isn't about our, the way we feel. It isn't about uh, how, how, what I think. It's all about what God thinks. Why? Because he is the creator of all things. A lot of times we let our feelings get in the way of our purpose. Don't let your feelings get in the way of your purpose. How you feel has nothing to do with what God asked you to do. God didn't ask you to feel good about being obedient. He said be obedient. God could, I mean, I ain't gonna say God could care less about how you feel. Uh, because he's a loving God, but your feelings should not predicate whether you're going to obey God or not. You don't got to feel obey about, about, about obeying God, obey God. And I know you have the ability to override your feelings because some, some of you go to a job you don't like. Some of you work for people you don't like. Uh, some of you pay bills you don't like to pay. Uh, you don't. I don't feel good about sending Conway Corp that money, but you know what? I feel I do it every month. Why? Because it gives me a resource that I enjoy, and so I don't gotta feel good about. I don't gotta like obeying God. You know. Now you'll grow to learn to obey God, and you'll assign new meaning to it to know that God's not a gift taker; He's a giver. So obeying God is only a way for me to get what He wants me to have. Right. So that's that's the way. I will begin to reframe that, right? But uh, but yeah, you you know how to override your feelings. You just got to do it. Uh, you got to become an effective manager. And lastly, we have to get to the point where we desire to fulfill purpose more than we do our own personal fulfillment. I desire to please God more than I do myself. 
I desire to please God more than I do being in comfort. I desire to please God more than I do about people liking me. I desire to please God more than I do about the satisfaction of other people. I desire to please God more than I do about staying in this city. I desire to please God more than I do more than anything. And when that becomes our desire, when we get to the point that our desire to fulfill the purpose of God more than we do anything else, then we will never grow weary in well-doing. We won't faint and we will reap in due time. And, and when's due time? According to the prophecy, the season is now, right? This is our season of great harvest. And, and, and this is our season. And we won't be distracted about what we see. We won't be distracted about what we hear because heaven already has our solutions, praise God. So I hope you were blessed by the word tonight. It is exactly 59 minutes and 11 seconds. Uh, I hope you're blessed by the word tonight. Uh, guys, don't grow weary. This is our season, man. We're going to harvest, harvest, harvest. And, and the thing that uh, they said on Sunday, um, you're going to sow seeds and the harvest and, and time is almost going to disappear. So as I sow seed, harvests show up. And the thing about that, and, and you get crunk about that, but also, man, I mean, don't be sowing bad seed, right? Because you don't want bad harvests. So be out there, be a good steward of what God has called you to have. Be an effective manager, because I'll be honest with you, man, that whole manager thing, um, it, it, it's the truth. As I've shown God, I'll be a good steward over X amount of money, he's continued to increase me. As I've shown God that I'll be a good steward in my job, he's increased me. As I've shown God I'll be a good steward over uh, being a father for my kids, now, Lord, I don't need no more kids I'll take some spiritual kids, but I don't want any more right here in the house unless you say different. <laughs> but but God will always increase you. You'll always be increasing. You'll always be increasing as we prove to be effective managers. So so I know in, in the earth, we want to be owners. Like I want to own my house. I want to own my car. I want to own all that. But in the kingdom of God, we God owns everything and we are managers of it. And when you know that you're the manager of the thing, it eases your mind knowing that you don't have to create it. Why? Because it's the CEO's job. It's God's job, King, Father, Abba, to create. And it's my job to manage. I manage my believing. I manage my thinking. I manage my feeling. I manage my actions. And I manage my habits and my characters. And God says this. He says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Be not conformed to this. Uh, don't be conformed to this earth and the way of thinking. So when I manage my mind and I think like God thinks, when I meditate on the word both day and night to observe, to do accordingly to all that's written therein, then I can make my way. Uh, uh, I can have good success. Right. So that's what God that's what I'm talking about. Managing, managing your time. You don't got to feel like reading the Bible. You don't got to feel like praying. You know, we got to get away from the feelings of that. And then you got to assign a new meaning. Why am I doing this? It goes back to step number one of not growing weary. I understand that when I pray in the Holy Ghost, then I pray the utterance that's perfect 
perfect to God. I'm praying the unknown. I'm praying over things that I don't even realize I need to pray for. So I, I, I don't see this as a waste of time because I understand that what I'm investing now is covering me. I understand that what I'm investing now is bring is going to bring breakthrough for me. I, I don't see that sowing this money is money leaving my hand, but I understand because I keep the vision before my eyes that when I sow a seed is I'm only agreeing with God to to harvest what he wants me to do. Because God says, I can never outgive him. So if I am giving every day, then I got to be harvesting, right? And so, and because I'm a tither, then he rebukes the devourer for my sake. And so when I understand purpose, when I understand vision, when I understand why my father asked me to do things, when I understand it from that perspective, then it makes it easier to be an effective manager. But when I think about how I feel, then I want to become owner. And when I become owner, then I become responsible for my own resources. And baby, you don't want to be responsible for your own resources because you will never produce anything even close to what God has called you to inherit. Amen. So be blessed. Oh, let me do announcements again and, and giving. That's your giving teaching right there. I mean, manage. Whatever God actually do, it doesn't matter who he actually to sow to. I don't care. You think of the person you despise the most. And if God said, buy their lunch tomorrow, you don't own the money. You don't. Own. Listen. And it, yeah, I heard that. Listen, when Pastor Evan talked about tame your, 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 your thinking, tame your tongue, tame your thoughts, tame your tongue, tame your temperament and tame your team. He was talking about management. Manage it. I gotta manage what I'm. I gotta manage my thoughts. I can't let myself be thrown down by what I see. I can't let myself be distracted about what I'm hearing. I can't let myself be thrown off by all the things I observe in my natural senses. I gotta manage my thoughts. All right. I gotta manage my tongue. I gotta say what God has said, even when if I don't even agree with it. I gotta still say what God says so that it could be in my heart into abundance until it becomes my natural response to everything. Oh, you got COVID. Oh, thank God I'm healed. Oh, this happened. Oh, thank God God supplied but until it spews out of me in abundance. I got to manage my temperament. That's my job to control that. I got to tame that. See, God can't become manager of you. You got to manage yourself. That is our job is to manage ourselves. And in doing so, that happens then manage your team. Don't be hanging out with folks that God told you not to hang out. Don't be booed up because it's cold outside and it's fall and you lonely and it's it's more dark hours than day hours and you just want somebody to be kicking it with it. And God says, don't do that. This is a season to be by yourself and don't be booed up. So you got to manage that thing. You can't, you can't be booed up. All right. It's that simple. Obey God. It's that simple. So so where God says so, if you'd like to sow into our ministry, I'll try to put find the giving thing real quick. I put it up. We got several ways to give. You can give via Givelify, PushPay, Tidly, or you can text the word give to 833-969-0897. You can do all those by visiting our website at www.focchurch.com. Also, don't forget about Ignite tomorrow night, Thursday night. Go to focchurch.com and you can... Uh, uh, go to the uh, VZ Ignite link and you can look at Victory Zone lessons. If you got kids K through 11, we got lessons for them uh, with praise and worship, the word, 
uh, and more praise and worship at the end. Even has family activities involved in that that you can do with your kids throughout the week. So I highly encourage you to do that. Print them off, things like that. Uh, so focchurch.com. And then if you got teenagers, they can join the small group uh, uh, via Zoom. Uh, and that the lessons and everything like that are sent out for them. And all of that's online. And lastly, if you don't know Jesus, uh, get to know Jesus. I mean, pray the prayer. Father God, I accept you into my heart as Lord and Savior. I believe that you raised Christ from the dead. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm saved. And today I accept your Holy Spirit into my life. And I declare that I live the life that you have for me. And I receive the eternal life that I give. But more so, God, I thank you that I have experienced the abundant life that you promised while I'm living above ground here on earth. I thank you that you're my Lord and you're my Savior. And I choose to walk according to your purpose and manage myself the way that you desire. Thank you, God, that I'm saved and I'm set free. And you're saved. All right. And so if you said a prayer, and you might have to listen to it again on replay because I said that fast. But guys, call us. Let us know. And then if you want to become a virtual partner, partnership has its privileges. Become a virtual partner. I don't see that one real quick. It's hard to do this and uh, do everything. But if you want to become a virtual partner, go to focchurch.com, scroll down, and you'll see our virtual partner link where you can become a virtual partner. And, and, and we say this. We, we don't say we go together until you say it. So we're not, we don't, I don't care if you come every time. We're not going to call you partner until you join. All right. So go become a virtual partner and, um, and, and by going to our website. All right. And if you haven't registered for the podcast, do that. iTunes, Google, Spotify, whatever your uh, favorite thing is, Vimeo, YouTube. We're on all those platforms. So make sure there's no reason to mix the word or anything like that. So those are all the announcements for the week. I didn't see anything else in the comments that I needed to announce. So I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining me this week for Refresh Bible Study. Uh, remain grateful and remain hungry for the word of God. Be blessed.